0: Today, on Grace to the Hearers, with Pastor Eric Kluth.
1: Showbread is this. The bread consists of 12 loaves made of the finest flour. They were flat and thin, and they were placed in two rows of six on the table in the holy place before the Lord. They were renewed every Sabbath, and you can read about that in Leviticus chapter 24, verses 5 through 9. And those that were removed were removed and the new ones were placed where the old ones were at. The old
0: ones then were eaten by the priests. As Pastor Eric continues his teaching series through the book of 1 Samuel, he'll be explaining the spiritual significance of the showbread that was offered to the Lord by the Old Testament priests. This showbread represents the consecration of the people of God. Are you set aside unto holy use for the Lord? Well, let's join Pastor Eric for today's edition of Grace to the Hearers. 1st Samuel 21
1: verses 1 through 6, I titled the message, if you're a note-taker, Showbread Provides for Needs. And we'll learn what showbread is here in a little while. But last time we came together uh, and studied the book of Samuel, we saw that David departed from Saul, Saul's presence, King Saul's presence, uh, with the help of Jonathan, Saul's son, okay? Saul was very upset at this departure of David and he was so upset he threw a spear at his own son trying to kill him because David was not there at the dinner table. Some might think that's insane but <laughs> Saul was trying to pursue David. He's in the motion of pursuing David And so tonight, as we study in these first six verses of chapter 21 of 1 Samuel, we will see David on the run from King Saul. So we're going to dive into reading the first six verses, and then we'll kind of go through it and see what the Lord has for us tonight. And so, verse 1 of chapter 21 says this Now David came to Nob, to Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid when he met David, and he said to him, Why are you alone? And no one is with you. So David said to Ahimelech the priest, "'The king has ordered me on some business, "'and said to me, "'Do not let anyone know anything about the business "'on which I send you, "'or what I have commanded you, "'and I have directed my young men "'to such and such a place.'" It doesn't seem like he has a good plan. Anyways, verse 3. Now, therefore, what have you on hand? Give me five loaves of bread in my hand, or whatever can be found. And the priest answered David and said, There is no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread, if the young men have at least kept themselves from women. Then David answered the priest and said to him, Truly, women have been kept from us about three days since I came out, and the vessels of the young men are holy. And the bread is, is in effect common, even though it was consecrated in the vessel this day. Verse 6, so the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the show bread, which had been taken before the Lord in order to put hot bread in its place, On the day when it was taken away. And we're going to stop right there. And you might be thinking, why are we stopping right there? Well, because the Lord has a dynamite message within these first six verses. Because we see right off the bat that David is on the run from King Saul and he comes to a place called Nob. Now, could you imagine living in a city called Nob? You know, Coolidge, right? We live in the city of Coolidge, but Noah, where are you from? From Nob. Where is Nob at? Well, I'll tell you where Nob was located. It was located north of Jerusalem, okay? And Nob means high place. And Nob was a priestly city. This is where the house of the Lord was at at this time. It was uh, was a place where the high priest was at, and they were offering up offerings to God and worship to God. So it's a pretty important place for uh, worship to the Lord. And so David, he's on the run from Saul. This guy, King Saul, wants to kill him. And he comes to the city of Nob. And where does he go right away? He goes to the house of God, the house of the Lord. And he goes into the house of the Lord. And uh, Himelech, the priest, was afraid to see David. He was afraid to see him. And he was like, are you by yourself? Is there anybody with you? You know, and the word afraid in our text means this, to be startled or shocked. The priest was startled to see David in his presence. It interests me, why was he afraid? Why was he so shocked to see David in the temple, in the house of God? Well, we're not told why the priest was startled, but Ahimelech had knowledge of who David was. How do I know that? Because later on, Lord willing, next week we'll see that Ahimelech, the priest, gives David Goliath's sword. You remember David and Goliath? Okay, David killed Goliath, and Goliath had a a sword, and the sword that was Goliath's was being stored in Nob. And so, uh, Ahimelech knew who David was. He was the one who killed the giant, killed Goliath. And so, he probably had a a good, you know, good rep, you know, about himself, you know, thinking, hey, this is the giant slayer. I I don't know. I'm just thinking in my mind. Why would this guy be shocked to see David? Uh, Maybe he had talked to Samuel and found out that he's going to be the next king of Israel. You know, uh, who knows? The Bible doesn't say. So we'll just leave it at that. But those are things that were just going through my mind of why he was startled or shocked. I just thought it was interesting. The word afraid meant startled. Interesting. So then we see that David is in the presence of Ahimelech and David comes out and he lies. In verse 2. Did you guys catch that? Did you guys catch the lie? Let's read it again, shall we? It says, So David said to Ahimelech, the priest, the king has ordered me on some business. Now, did King Saul order him on some business? No, he did not. Okay, interesting. He's a fibber. Anyway, so, and he said to me, do not let anyone know anything about the business which I send you and what I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to such and such place. Yeah, okay. It's a pretty bad lie. Anyway, so David lies to the priest. He lies, he flat out lies to the priest. David tells the priest, you know, I've been given some secret business by the king, David then addresses that he's not alone, and that his men were in such and such spots, and, uh, and that's it. But David full-on lies. He full-on lies to the priest in the house of the Lord. You know, what? King David? A man after the Lord's own heart lied? Oh yes, he lied, as we read in verse 2. Why did, why did David lie? Well, one thought is this. David was protecting himself. Uh, He was protecting himself because he might not have been trusting Ahimelech because Ahimelech was the priest and King Saul would know who the priests are. And so maybe if he actually told him, hey, I'm running away from King Saul, then Ahimelech would then send news back to who? King Saul, so that King Saul then would come and kill David. So maybe that's why he lied. I don't know, but he lied. And in chapter 22, we'll see in a few weeks, verse 22, David regrets lying because it says in verse 22 of chapter 22, so David said to Abathar, I knew that the day when Doag, the Edomite was there speaking, and we'll see uh, Doag next week come into the scene, but this Doag guy was in the presence when David and uh, the priest were talking together, but there was there that he would surely tell Saul, I have caused the death of all the persons of your father's house. Now, I'm going to leave you hanging. You guys can read forward what happened, when, why David said that, why he regretted that. Well, I'm just going to tell you right now. It's a spoiler alert. Saul comes in and he kills all the priests. That's what happens. That's not a good thing, okay? But that's why David regretted it, okay? Anyways, he felt guilty. Uh, so anyways, David then goes on. He's like, okay, enough of this why am I here stuff. Hey, do you guys have any food in this place? I'm hungry. I need food. In fact, if you had five loaves of bread, that would be great, and and the priest is like, sorry, we don't have any common bread, just ordinary bread laying around, but we do have holy bread here, (laughs) and he's like, and the priest is like, you can have the holy bread only if you and your men have been pure, these past couple days. Pure meaning that they were free from sexual relations with women. And David's like, yeah, it's been at least three days. (laughs) Okay, I'm so glad I don't have those conversations with people, (laughs) you know, today, (laughs) you know. I'm so very blessed by that. (laughs) So Ahimelech, the priest, okay, fine, you've been, you've been uh, pure for three days. Uh, there is no common bread here, but there's the holy bread. And you guys got to remember, when David left, he was in the field, right? He was in the field uh, where he was waiting to see what was going to happen if Saul was going to welcome him back into the table, uh, back into the house peacefully. But when Jonathan shot the arrows over his head, David knew that he needed to get out of there because David wanted, to, or Saul wanted to kill him, okay? And so David, he bolted after his goodbye to Jonathan. He takes off, and he probably wasn't really prepared for the journey or for traveling. And so here in our text that David is obviously hungry. He's hungry. He wants to eat. I, I mean, he's really hungry if he wants five loaves of bread. You know, that's a lot of food. You know, it will, you know, make you full. And so David is obviously hungry, and Amilhelech, the priest, tells David all he has is the show And again, You know that was all that the they had there in the house of God. Now, what is showbread? What is the showbread? Well, I'll tell you. Glad you asked. Showbread is this: the bread consists of twelve loaves made of the finest flour. They were flat and thin, and they were placed in two rows of six on the table in the holy place before the Lord they were renewed every sabbath and you can read about that in leviticus chapter 24 verses 5 through 9 and those that were removed were removed and the new ones were placed where the old ones were at the old ones then were eaten by the priests the priests would eat these showbreads but they would only eat them in the holy place okay now There's some significance to the showbread, and it is this. The number of the loaves represented the 12 tribes of Israel. Also, the entire spiritual Israel, the true Israel. The place of them on the temple symbolized the entire consecration of Israel to the Lord. And it was their acceptance of God as their God. That's what these breads would symbolize, that we were set apart by God and we are choosing God as our God. That's what these these little patties of bread would look like, you know, and there's 12 of them representing the 12 tribes of Israel. And so every Sabbath, you know, they, they go in, the priests go in, and they remove the showbread that was sitting there for the week, and then they would replace it with new showbread. And then the priests would eat the old showbread in the place of the holy place, in the presence of the holy place. Pretty crazy, right? Pretty interesting, I think. And so, Amilahelech gave David the bread, the holy bread. He gave him the holy bread. Now, David wasn't a priest. And not only did he give him the bread, but he gave him the bread on the Sabbath. Because if you caught it in verse, five, or verse 6, it says, So the priest gave him holy bread, for there was no bread there but the show bread, which had been taken from before the Lord, in order to put the hot bread in its place on the day when it was taken away. So, is it a coincidence that David rolls into the temple of God hungry, on the Sabbath. Not at all. Oh yeah, it just so happened to show up, and David was hungry, and it was so happened to be the day that these old bread was going to get removed. Yeah, that just happened. No, it didn't just happen. It was God's perfect timing. God's perfect timing. It was no accident that it happened on the Sabbath. But this event only gets better, you guys. It gets better because the bread represented Israel accepting God as their God. You know, what a beautiful picture this is of God confirming his anointing on David. And what a beautiful picture of God saying, you know what? I am his God. I'm, he is my chosen one to be the next king. And David, when he consumed the bread, was showing the acceptance that God was his God in his life. Now, the showbread was to be in the presence of the Lord at all times. Another another learning fact about the showbread. And you can read about that in Exodus chapter 25, verse 30. A lot of history here, but it's very important to understand what the show bread was and what it all means. And we'll we'll wrap it up here in, in an application here soon. So you'll be like, so so what? How does this apply to me? I can go to the store and get loaves of bread, right? <laughs> Uh, How does it apply to me? Well, we'll see here in a second. David, again, was hungry, and he came to the house of God, and he received the holy bread, which was the show bread. And the bread fed his physical need that he had, and the bread was given by Ahimelech, the priest. What's the application? Well, here in verse 6 of 1 Samuel 21, the first six verses in 1 Samuel 21, We see two things, you guys. Jesus does for us today. Two things that Jesus does for us today. Number one, Jesus provides your physical needs. Okay? Amen. Jesus provides the physical need. Number two, Jesus provides the spiritual need. Okay? But let's look at the first one first. The the physical need. Jesus meeting our physical need. And, And for that... I'm going to read Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 8, because wouldn't you believe it, Jesus actually quoted this story when he was teaching uh, when he was on the earth. And so it says this in Matthew 12, beginning in verse 1. It says, At that time Jesus went through the grain fields, and on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, and his disciples were hungry, and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, the Pharisees were the religious leaders of the day. They saw it. They said to him, Jesus, look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests. Jesus continued and said, "'Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Yet I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple. But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice. You would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath.'" So here we see in, in Matthew that Jesus and his disciples were walking in a grain field on a Sabbath, a day where there is no work, and what are they doing? They're hungry, and they're plucking grain and eating it. And the Pharisees, the religious leaders, are coming down on Jesus about his disciples. And so Jesus then takes them to 1 Samuel here and tells them about the story of David and how he ate on the Sabbath. Now here's something to remember. If you're a note taker, this is something to remember. Okay, need supersedes ceremonial law. Okay, need supersedes ceremonial law. God desires mercy, not sacrifice. Uh, Himilelech, I'm gonna get his name, was an example of Jesus. He was the priest, and he knew the law. And he saw David in need. He saw David in need and was moved by compassion and gave the bread to David. Uh, Himalek displayed the mercy of God. He displayed the loving kindness of God. Now, the question then is to me that I'm going to ask to you is this. Do I display the loving kindness of God in my life? Do I display the mercy of God? We praise God for his mercies that are new every morning, which is his loving kindness that is new every single day. But do we display that to others who are in need? Now, John, the apostle, wrote this to the church and said this. He's writing to believers, okay? He says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren, but whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? First John three sixteen through 17. So here John, the apostle who was with Jesus, is writing to the church and saying, if you have the world's goods and you see your brethren or sister in need and you can provide that need, then you need to do so because it demonstrates the love of God, right? And if you don't, then how does the love of God abide in him? Now, you might be thinking, well, what about people that aren't believers? Well, I think it's interesting that the Bible really focuses on dealing with each other first. If we can learn to love one another in the church, we can love people outside the church, okay? Uh, so, looking at the point of that, you know, of John, he's he's speaking to the church to uh, to love the others. Now, We need to check our hearts when dealing with other believers. If you have goods to help a brother or sister in need, then you should help. But oftentimes, we put stipulations on the things before we give. We can say, I will only help you if you come to church, right? I've been guilty of this, and I've repented from this. This is not right. If I'm able to give, then I need to give, okay, and to help them. Again, going back to the whole thought process so something to remember is need supersedes ceremonial law. Oftentimes we put stipulations on before we help somebody, you know? If you do this, then I will help. That's very legalistic, I would say, you know? And you're putting something on there. And when Jesus is saying, display my mercy, display my loving kindness. Now, as we're talking about need, I want to define it, because this is something that is very interesting to me. When you hear John say, if there's a brother who is in need, what does that mean? What is the Greek, what does the Hebrew word for need mean? Need is meaning necessity. Necessity, okay? What is necessary? Now, this is pretty deep, so I want you guys to pay attention. Things that are necessary. Giving to a brother or sister who is in need does not pay. Does not mean paying for a cell phone. Okay, cell phones are not a necessity. They're a luxury. Okay, uh, giving to a brother who is who is in need or a sister who is in need does not mean buying alcohol for them. Okay, alcohol is not a necessity. It's not necessary. Okay? You can live without alcohol. What is a necessity? Glad you asked me that question, because for that, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6. Jesus said this in Matthew 6, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food? And Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow, is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you are of need, the same word of necessity, okay, of all these things. According to Jesus, necessities are food, drink, and clothing, okay? We in America have put a different definition on what is necessary. Uh, We think that electric, we think cell phones, we think cars, we think, uh, I don't even know what else, uh, houses even, okay? Because even houses,
0: I was blown away by this because I'm like, a house isn't necessary, isn't it? There's so much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you but we've run out of time for today This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of First Samuel next time You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at grace Sometimes it's just easier to call Our phone number is 520-723-7047 We'll be happy to help you Again, that number to call is 520- 723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Perhaps God spoke to you clearly through this message in 1 Samuel, and you need to review this message. Again, this message and many others are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to the Grace to the hearers podcast subscribing is easy log on to grace to the and follow the link or simply search for grace to the hearers on the itunes store from all of the production team here at grace to the hearers we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of grace to the hearers